This is a special edition upload courtesy of the Game Sports Show, powered by the Game Entertainment and Media, as well as the GameSportsShow.com, Spotify, Apple, Podbean Podcasts, and Facebook or Instagram. Special edition uploads are courtesy of having guests or guests on the show or information outside of the show's usual schedule. We will caution you that some language might be offensive to some, but to be prepared for an electric segment courtesy of the game. Now let's go to Dave McKegg Jr. and the crew inside the Game Entertainment and Media Studio. Booyah, and it's time for the Game Sports Show, the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show powered by the Game Media and Entertainment, or GEM for short. The GameSportsShow.com, including our broadcasting partners ESPN, ESPN 1400 and Sovereign Communications, as well as on TV. The Game Sports Show is also displayed on multiple media platforms that include Spotify, Apple, Podbean, Facebook, and or Instagram, all at The Game Sports Show. This is a specialist and upload of the game brought to you by Compass Imaging Group and Demansky Office Interiors. They can be followed on all social media platforms, that being Facebook and or Instagram. Make sure to check out their most recent sales, many options to meet your needs and expectations. The game would also like to thank a list of its other additional partners and sponsors as well, that being Northern Spirit Brewing Company, Sports Center Bar and Grill, North Shore Sports and Auto, Northern Quitters Need, and Thrush Creative Co. Now, without further ado, crack open a pint, preferably a Northern Superior Brewing Company pint, if it's a can, a 55, a lager, whatever it may be. Make sure it's open, make sure it's nice and cold, and get ready for an action pack edition. And to start it all off, let's get the show going. First, introducing my co-host, Brendan Brooks. Brendan, how are you, my friend? How's it going, Dave? Uh, good. I'm happy to have you on again for yet another special edition. We've been just bringing these in, my friend, just breaking them in. Yeah, it's been nice, you know. It's been nice to uh, have some people on and uh, continue to talk to you. Now to our special guest with a little bit of a dramatic introduction there, which is the reason why you most likely clicked this link, not just because you're a fan or an avid listener of the show. And I will tell you right now, if you have any issues with this special guest that I have or with this podcast, the interview, any stories that are about to come up, you have to take it up with this guest, which, hey, good luck to you. The one and only wild man, Trevor Gillies. Trevor. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, my pleasure, Dave. It's an uh, honor to help you guys out and uh, looking forward to the discussion. And uh, yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm a lover now, not a fighter, but uh, looking forward to it. Thanks for having me on, fellas. Now, I'm going to be honest and flat out say that obviously I hawk Lee Pross all your stats and all that. And I, I'll flat out say that you had some good tips in your day. You know, uh, we'll get into all the fights, obviously, to what uh, went on to while you played, all the stories that you and Brooksy had, and we'll just back and forth with all that but first off before we get into the meat and potatoes which is going to be the entirety of the segment i want to give you the floor about everything that you're doing now promoting your product that you have your instagram facebook all you yeah um to be honest uh had some opportunities to possibly stay in the game as a coach um obviously the game's changed quite a bit and uh, i've been married for quite a long time uh, brooksy was one of my groomsmen um i've known brooksy since i was 15 and he was 16 uh, we played together. Well, I'm sure we'll get into that shortly. But, you know, um, I, I have a stepson named Phoenix Jenkins. And, um, you know, he kind of changed. I was kind of a wild man and kind of changed my life. And um, then our daughter, he's 19 at second year at college um, at Georgia Southern. And our daughter's 12 and 5'8". And you can understand uh, understand that. Very, very, very mature for her age. Very developed. And um, we live in Augusta, Georgia, the nice part in Evans. And this has been home. And so I decided, you know, after a long career, I have a very supportive wife, um, that it was it was time to stay home and be around for the family. Uh, once my son got to middle school, they stopped following me. So, you know, I was almost like a military person. So shout out to the military, Canada and U.S. 
um, because it's not easy. Um, living, living away and abroad across the pond where I was in uh, Russia and then Finland. Um, so yeah, I decided, you know, I was going to not do hockey after, uh, after my hockey career. And I do credit card processing. I work for a very large, uh, credit card processor, uh, nationwide, uh, have accounts, um, in many different States, some in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, some in New York, some in South Carolina, Washington state, Seattle, um, and the bulk of my business is here in the local, uh, Augusta Evans CSRA region. Um, we guarantee savings or we'll pay them a thousand dollars. We do not have contracts and we have next day funding on all card types, including American express. They deal with me and my team, uh, exclusively no 1-800 numbers. They deal with our cell phone. We believe in providing the personal touch and care rarely found in our industry and believe it's the X factor is our 24 seven customer service and support. So I truly enjoyed helping people my whole career and, um, this is my new platform to uh, help many business owners, um, small businesses, large businesses, pretty much if they're processing over $10,000 a month in credit cards, all the way up to, you know, million, two million a month. I want to talk to them because it's an industry that drastically overcharges and, uh, we provide a totally risk-free side-by-side -side cost savings analysis plan. All I need is one month merchant statement. If they're a much larger business, uh, might need three months, but, um, you know, I enjoy it. I get to work with one of my very best friends, kind of like Brooksy and Joe Devin and the Devin brothers, Mike Devin. They introduced me to my boss, Joe Doyle, who's one of the managing partners with our firm. We'll do $5 billion in processing this year. And, I uh, work with a lot of like-minded individuals like uh, like you guys, uh, ex-athletes, some ex-basketball players on our team. Uh, there's four of us that played hockey. Uh, my boss was a Division II basketball stud. His brother played Division One. His dad played in the NBA. I uh, truly love my team. It's like a family. Uh, you can't just go get a job with this uh, with my boss. Uh, you know, I was vouched for. Um, you know, with a with a great recommendation, warm referral from the Devon family and. Uh, I plan on doing this for the rest of my life. Um, you know, I truly able to help small businesses save a lot of money and um, I do like it. Um, I still work out every single day. I also have a miniature clothing line. Uh, people want to go check it out. It's www.effectiveaggression.com. I paired up with a guy named, by the name of Chris Gubnitsky. He's the owner. Um, he does a lot for cancer and charity. And when I was in Long Island with the Islanders, I just loved this guy and got invited to some cool events and, you know, met Teddy Atlas and a bunch of other, other cool people like that, that are really big in helping other people. And, um, it was a great fit. We got some cool trucker hats. We got some razor, uh, racerback ladies, tank tops, t-shirts. Um, and it's just kind of like a side hustle, you know, my fans love it. Um, you know, I got the Gillies Fight Club shirt, the Wild Man shirt, and then this is a weapon with the left fist on it. Obviously, everyone, it's no secret that I was a lefty, probably the only reason why I'm alive. And uh, pretty much that's it. Um, you know, those are my two big things is uh, I do credit card processing for a living. And, um, you know, we can help anybody, but we specialize in a very certain list. And if anyone would like to chat about it or uh, get a totally risk-free side-by-side, uh, you know, apples-to-apples comparison, uh, look at free look at their landscape. Uh, please hit me up. I got uh, Gillies 14 on Instagram. You can find me at Trevor Gillies on Facebook. Uh, I think my friends are full, but uh, you can you can write me and I will respond. I do respond to all my fans and, and friends and family on there. Definitely. And um, I'm on LinkedIn as well. Uh, it's just Trevor Gillies. And um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it, man. I'm at I don't home think all there's the time. Anything left. Enjoying, enjoying right. life, you know. 
I'm a busy boy. Work out every day. I do side work. I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a grinder. You know that, Brooksy. When you're not a skilled guy, you got to grind. Right. You have to, but now he's just punching all credit cards out in the face. And he's knocking out real ones now. <laughs> That's right, buddy. That's I right. Like that. Right. Yeah, I re- I, this past year I saved a local business here in town seventy five thousand annually. So that's that's a real number, you know. And we guarantee savings, or we'll pay them a thousand dollars. So it's always uh, it's always worth looking at. And uh, you know, I'm gonna win some. The big guy upstairs has has mine, my name, Trevor Gillies, and my team's name either stamped on it or not. And um, you know, one thing about me is I'm always gonna be brutally honest. And um, you know, I like to treat people the way I like to be treated. And regardless if they're a bum on the side of the street or the President of the United States or the Prime Minister of Canada, since you guys are in Canada, you know, I treat everyone the way I want to be treated. And until you do me wrong, uh, you know, that's how I like to live my life. That's yeah. Don't don't do them wrong. That's the key. <laughs> it's <laughs> and not going to end up well. And you know what? Honestly, that's the that's so key that you say that to just treat people the way you want to be treated. Except, you know, when the, it's the same way when you're on the ice. If you're going to push me around, I'm going to knock you out. You know, that's, that's pretty simple. Where Same as in life. You know, you can have people push you around, try to knock you down. We just got to hit life and move forward with it. And obviously, there was life after hockey for you guys, which is amazing to see. Yeah, it's been great, man. It's, it's nice to have just such quality people that, you know, a guy like me and Brooksy, we didn't go to college. You know, we, we had this dream since we were little boys. You know, just like every other Canadian kid, you learn to skate when you're two and a half, three. You start playing in a league when you're five. You know, um, most guys that have a chance to do something. They're moving away from home at, you know, from 15 to 20, depending on where they are at in their development uh, to go play junior, whether it's uh, junior B and tier two to go get a U.S. scholarship, division one or two, whatever, get their education and, and go on after that. Or if you decide to go major junior and, and play in the, you know, the WHL, the Quebec major junior, or the OHL, you know, me and Brooksy both played in the OHL. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a lot of sacrifices um, as a young man and, um, you know, I'm honored to have met him and, um, you know, we're going to get into that here shortly, but now life's blessed, man. I live every day like my last. And, you know, I feel like the, when I wake up, the devil goes, Oh shit, this motherfucker's up again. What's, what's he going to do? You know? And then I don't stop pretty much till I go to bed. So, um, you know, I like to stay busy and not really a TV guy. I'm a worker, you know, uh, I go outside and work in my landscape. I'm always doing something. So, you know, just like this, buddy. I'm going to give yeah. you full octane, well, crushing some coffee, that. right? You guys are having beers. I'm crushing coffee in a June, you know, <laughs> little cowboy dinner. Like well, that. the thing is, when you talk about landscape there, Gills, I remember when I came to visit you on vacation, next thing I know, I I had to sod an entire backyard with you. Like, <laughs> well, you know, to be honest, Brooksy, I didn't realize that, uh, you know, we were going to get this Emperor Zorja. So anyone on here that's a plant nerd, that's the best grass you can get. Um, it's It's incredible. And we got some pallets delivered. And uh, unfortunately, if you don't get it out, it's going to die. And it's a little pricey. Oh, so yeah. I figured we Brooksy needed a little bit, put a little bit of meat on those bones. You know, he's a ripped up little Bruce Lee. And so <laughs> put him to work and uh, enjoyed some uh, cold pints, as you guys call them in Canada, um, in the backyard, you know. So, yeah, I do truly appreciate that big guy. <laughs> I'm surprised Brooks he can do all the hard work. I only I, can, I only see the hard work off the ice. Other than that, he's got his uh, feet up doing uh, drinking beer as well, though, Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he'll surprise you. He's a hardworking little skilled player. Yeah, he does a slap shot from the top of the circle each time. I bring that up on every edition. He skates hard down <laughs> on the top of the circle at a clap bomb go bar south. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's the way it goes with Brooks. Yeah, absolutely, man. He's uh. 
hell of a hell of a hockey player, hell of a dude. So honored to be here, uh, honored to be on the pod with you boys. For sure. Now, obviously, you know, one of our followers and didn't actually share it all of our editions with a shout out to them. They're not an official sponsor or anything, but the Ontario Hockey League Alumni Association. Okay, and I'd like to give them a little additional love because of how great they are with this show, what they're following, they're promoting what we have, we promote what they have, scratch each other's back in the world of business because you know what, everyone is too, especially when it comes to local cities, they everyone just kind of likes to do their own thing and they're they're really not like for helping and assisting each other. They want to try to do it themselves. Where we're in a society today where it's networking and connecting, where everyone's got to work together. And that's what the world's about, right? And I want to give the Ontario Hockey League Alumni Association Facebook page a shout out. Give them a follow. But you played in the Ontario Hockey League, Trevor. You played with the North Face Centennial, Sarnia King, and Oshawa Generals. You raked up some key penalty minutes in your last year in junior, as well as uh, six goals and nine assists. They put those numbers together. That's a pretty neat amount put together, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's safe to say I wasn't getting paid to score goals, huh, big guy? Yeah, you know what? Kick uh, um, some ass. My time in, I love my time in the OHL. Me and uh, me and Brooksy played together in Caledon on probably arguably one of the best Tier 2 Junior A teams ever assembled. Uh, we were fortunate to have a phenomenal coach in Greg Ireland. Um, and, you know, we had a phenomenal owner in Scott Abbott. Uh, for, for the listeners out there that don't know who he is, um, just go buy yourself Trivial Pursuit, and he's one of the he's one of the inventors of it. So great guy, owns some high end golf courses as well. Um, Brooksy can Brooksy can help me here. I think it's the the paintbrush and the slipper or something like that. Yeah, the Devil's Pulpit. Yeah, phenomenal. Um, yeah, obviously I never played him. I never played golf back then. Now living in Augusta, I play very frequently. Uh, I, I live here with home of the masters and we have phenomenal golf and uh, truly love the game. I used to be horrible. Brooksy gets a kick out of me. I call it the oh, yeah. Texas wedge. I used to putt from like 20, 20 yards off the green. I wasn't chipping, you know, the hands were <laughs> so soft. So I would use the Texas wedge and, and put it yeah. up there right by the hole. And, you know, uh, yeah. he just couldn't believe it, but uh, good memories. eh, big guy. Oh, great memories. I just, I'll never forget that. Like, I'm like, are you really going to putt from way the hell back there? Hey, it worked, bro. It worked. <laughs> Whatever As, way, man. Whatever works. It, exactly. They don't, <laughs> they don't ask how. They ask how many, right, Brooksy? That's and right. I didn't have that many. No, I love my time in the <laughs> OHL. So, uh, you know, we got lucky to play with guys like Dana Zubris. Uh, remember the Z-Bubble Sticks? They were phenomenal back in the day. Oh, yeah. Just a great, a great human. The guy went, you know, from our team and got drafted 15th overall to, to Philly and, you know, played, I think, 22 years in the NHL. I mean, we had... I think nine guys go full scholarship, uh, Brooksy, me, and Matt Zill. I mean, I went 19th overall to the O, second pick, second round uh, to North Bay. Now it would be first rounder. And Zaltek was uh, a second round pick and later got drafted to L.A. in the first round. Um, good good player, big guy. Um, you know, had, had a lot of talent for a huge man. Um, we had Dwight Cormier. I mean, we had all these guys. It was just our old guys on that team were phenomenal, but pretty much the whole team was 19 or 20 years old. And then you had a few 60, you know, there was just, a, he liked to have, they kind of like to have like one guy on D that was me, uh, one young guy on forward, uh, one or two and Brooksy and another guy. And then the young goalie and the rest of our team was just like older studs. Guys would come back from the OHL and play their last year, junior and Caledon, just a great, great team. And, um, you know, we were very fortunate to, to be in that, on that team because we won together obviously and you you remember that for the rest of your life but just the amount of scouts nhl scouts there every team was there every night watching zubris um you know and every ohl scout so 
Uh, you know, it was a great position to be in as a young player and, and very fortunate and blessed for that. Um, you know, because if we were on a shit team, we might not have got seen. And that's kind of how it works in the hockey world. Um, just like life, you know, right place, right time. You just need one person to like you. And, um, you know, I truly believe that that was a huge thing and why both me and Brendan both played, you know, pretty much he played over 20 years and I played 19 professionals. So, you know, we had, uh, we learned from good people, uh, good leaders on the team, as well as our coaching staff. And, um, you know, it was a nice foundation as young guys leaving home, living with billets. See, and the wild man is what we're titling this interview, just so you're aware. And that's where you know this. it comes where it's a wild journey that you had, not just because of the wild man, because of obviously how you could probably kick anyone's ass that I would ever think of that I thought were actual tough guys. But flat out, <laughs> you know, transitioning from the Ontario Hockey League, you went to play East Coast Hockey, American Hockey League. You played with the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. Keyword how I said Mighty Ducks. Yeah. So it, you got Long to time ago. I'm so envious you got to wear that jersey, just flat out, probably the best jersey ever made, flat out. Then you got to play time with the New York Islanders, right? And then I know your first goal was against the Ottawa Senators. And then you transitioned from the NHL, go over to the KHL, you go over to Finland and all that. And we're going to get into all that. So you transitioned from the OHL and go into pro hockey now. Okay, you, you've elevated from getting 270 penalty minutes in the OHL, now in the East Coast in your first year, getting 202. And then a couple of years after, you're getting 303 with uh, Greenboro Generals. So overall, you jump from the OHL to the East Coast Hockey League and the American Hockey League in kind of the last couple of years after junior. What was your mindset after getting into that? Were you like, all right, I'm going to fight my way to continue the same lineup? Or you know, obviously, you're a guy with size, right? And a guy who, who can grind down low, probably knock anyone on their ass behind the net, scare any uh, badass motherfucker. I'm going to fight. I'll say it right off the right off, as soon as you step on the ice, right? So when you transitioned from junior to the to the professional and the role that you had, was there any nerves or were you like just enjoying the moment? To be honest, um, you know, a lot of a lot of guys that did my role there, they were probably just big guys. Some of some of them might have been studs growing up because, I mean, let's be honest, in order to play tier two and and then the OHL and, and move on. I mean, you had to be, you know, a really good player on your local AAA team um, or you would never get to that level. So. You know, I was kind of the captain all growing up and in, in, uh, in Cambridge, uh, played with my brother and, and a bunch of buddies still back home, um, you know, and it was a blast. And then, you know, I got recruited at under 17 to go play tier two and then had a, you know, broke my hand in my first camp in North Bay. And um, that kind of sucked because I was going to be relied on to do all the heavy lifting um, as the heavyweight. So I wasn't confused. One thing about me, Brooksy can attest to is. You know, my dad, you know, told my brother stick handle. So he'd be toe dragging and stick handling the whole time he's watching TV, bouncing the ball up and down. And, you know, he bought me, a, I could, you know, one thing about us, we could, we could always skate pretty well. Um, obviously as you grow, as you get going up the ladder, I mean, that's a huge part of the game. I mean, Brendan's one of the best skaters I've ever seen. Um, super fast. Um, you know, I might not have had, I'm one of those guys, my first few steps probably wasn't the best. But once I was going, I'm, they call me the guild train. I'm like a truck and I don't go off the rails. So if I got someone locked in on my sights, I'm going to punish him. Um, <laughs> you know, where he can, he's just like a ballerina on the damn ice that flies. Um, like a yeah. Ferrari, well, like young well, Ferrari. I can recall, I call you know, speaking of the guild train, as you say it, you know, I recall a story when we were playing in the AHL. Dave, you'll appreciate hearing this one. Um, Gillies was playing D tonight. I think they were hurt D because normally Gillis has been playing uh, wing for most of his pro career, but he was mm -hmm. a defenseman originally. 
And I remember he was playing D and I was on and I happened to just nick the puck away from him just enough to get through to get a breakaway. And I remember scoring. <laughs> what 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 league were you? Celebrating. We what in league? A, in the AHL. Okay. The you AHL. were in Worcester? Yeah. You were in and Worcester? I remember I think I was in Worcester. Worcester yeah, I remember, I remember this, actually. I remember this. So I don't remember, I remember a lot. I've been punched a lot. <laughs> and I remember getting the, stealing the puck from him, scoring. And got to remember, Gillies is one of my closest and best friends, okay? The loyalty's and, to the crest on the front, Brennan, not the name on the back. <laughs> There's no friends on the ice, pal. So because I stole the puck, and made him look not bad, but just it was a it was kind of lucky in my favor to get the to puck the way I did, and I scored. And after the goal, the Gill train came a coming. And does he not just <laughs> level me after I scored the goal with my hands up? And I'll never forget this. I was like down on the ground. And I look up and I see it's the Gill train, and I'm like, Are you fucking kidding me? But anyway, you go. You were pretty much like, What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and then after the game, I remember us like... talking, and you said to me, he goes, hey, you want to do that, make me look bad? That's what's going to happen. <laughs> and I don't think I ever did that again. Uh, that's funny. You would go cross-corner to my skilled defense partner's corner. When, you, when you're kind of a meat, you know, like when you're a tough guy, they usually put you, they usually put you with the most skilled defenseman. At least that's how it kind of went with my career. Um, you know, I played with Jim Baxter, hell of a player. The guy used wood sticks, um, which, you know, wasn't uncommon back then, but you know, the majority of guys had switched to, you know, the, the Z bubble or the Easton butterscotch with the blade and you had your own custom pattern in the OHL in those days. It wasn't a lot of, there wasn't really one pieces, but you know, this guy's a stud soft hands. I mean, besides Brian Campbell, I mean, he was, he was the man, um, offensive defenseman in the OHL at the time. So you know, that's all I had to do was be on a 45. Um, he wasn't really ever in trouble, but if he was, it was a quick D to D. You know, I either got to play into the middle, right on the tape up the wall, or kind of off the glass. And if not, take a few strides forward, and Jimmy's going to be coming underneath the speed and carrying the puck. Um, you know, so it's kind of, you know, I got blessed to play with some good players, and obviously he felt uh, probably an inch taller and with, you know, brass balls uh, as my partner. Um, you know, and I, I've always loved my job. Let's get this straight. Like, I mean, like I wasn't confused. I knew what was going to get me to the dance. I wasn't one of these guys that, you know, tried to be more of a player than I was. I just tried to grow my box as big as I could. And, um, you know, fortunately, it gave me an opportunity to turn pro. I could have played overage, but there was really no one left to fight. You know, John Erskine was on the other side. I never fought him. He was tough as nails. You know, we had Richard Scott on my team, Andrew Peters on my team, myself, Brandon Coulter. We had young guys and Brandon Cullen and TJ Reynolds. I mean, we were just an absolute warship squad. And Oshawa, we were really good, you know, as well with Dan Hineout, who won a cup, Kevin Colley. I mean, we were just a great team and truly loved my time in the OHL, uh, especially in Oshawa, where I kind of found a home and, you know, got to play regularly. Our top D pairing was Brian Allen and Jeff McMillan, Lucky McMillan. They were great. And then our second D pairing was me and Baxi. So, um, you know, it was a hell of a time. And then um, went to an NHL camp uh, at 18 with the New York Rangers and did really well. And actually, this is kind of a wild story, so I'll let it out. So I was kind of running around like a lunatic and there's this big guy in front of the net. Not many people know this story. So this big guy's like just kind of heavy and I'm, I got to get him out of the front of the net. You know, this was back in the day where you could literally spear a guy in the knee, slash him on top of the skate, cross check him in the kidneys in the back to get him to move. Yeah, so I'm kind of, 
Yeah, I'm kind of doing it all. You know, you're not allowed to do that anymore. I mean, you do any of that, you're going to the box now. But yeah. this is back in shit, 1998, 98 it's, or 99. It's soft now, soft now. But we'll get into that after. Soft as baby shit. But um, so anyway, you know, I'm I'm abusing this guy. All of a sudden, he turns around. And he goes, "You do that one more time, kid." He's like, "I'm gonna take out your fucking top row." And I was, and I just laughed. Like I was like a baby face, like what I call a baby face assassin. Like I mean, I had barely no facial hair. You know, I'm not as big as I am now. Actually put on a little weight since retirement. But uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm using this guy, and I don't know who the fuck he is, to be honest with you. And um, you know, I'm at main camp, and sure enough, I keep doing it. He turns around and just lays a cross check on me. And luckily, I lift my head up, and he hits me in the chin, and it goes down, and hits me in the neck. Like he was gonna take out my teeth. It turned out to be like an absolute legend that I now love. Like I watched him all growing up, but it was Darren Langdon. So I'm pretty fortunate as a young 19 year old, he didn't fight me because he would have, that guy could, he was the best tie up artist ever. He could throw both hands, a big newfie guy. And, um, you know, he didn't fight me, but he pretty much told, I said, I, after he did that, I just shed my mitts because I, because he got me pretty good. And, um, I grabbed him and the, all the brass is up there watching and, um, you know, Sather and all them. And they don't, you know, they probably don't know who I am, but I got their attention. You know, my dad always said, like, you know, you're not the most skilled guy, so you, you got to do something to stand out. So I tried to fight this guy, he's an NHL heavyweight. And um, he said, you got to earn this kid. He's like, you know, you got to you got to work your way up the ranks. He's, we wouldn't fight. I'm like, give me a shot. Come on, you know. And I wanted to go. I was I was rattled. So um, the period ends, inner squad ends. I go back in. And all the boys, like all the older guys, like, you know, Adam Graves is the captain of my inner squad team. All Samuelson was my partner in camp. And we have all, it's all these old legends. Gretzky's still around. So we go back out and I start. So I'm starting the next period in the inner squad game. And, and then on the other side, it's all NHL veterans on my side, all NHL veterans, but me, me and the other guy on the playing right D and I'm lefty and it's Dale Purington. So all of a sudden the puck drops and no one touches the puck. Gretzky's on the ice. He's looking right at me and Dale Purinton comes, comes charging at me. So obviously I kind of shed my mitts, get out of the way. And we end up having a hell of a fight. Um, can't, can't say that I, I'd crushed him or nothing. Cause I didn't, it was kind of a draw. Just like he probably didn't know who the fuck I was. And I didn't know who he was, to be honest. I mean, you know, you only really know the OHL guys at that time. YouTube wasn't around. So unless you were really prepared and knew someone who could get VHS tapes of guys, you really had no way of studying. So I just, I just start chucking left bombs down the pipe, you know, right in the pocket. <clears throat> I didn't move back then. I just stayed right in the pocket and just chucked as fast and hard as I could, you know, with a tuck chin and shoulders up. And I did well. So then my hands are all mass messed up and I'm in the, this is kind of, this is really kind of cool. I don't even know if Brooksy knows this. So I'm sitting there in the, in the training room and Wayne Gretzky comes by and he's on the other inner squad team now. And um, he goes, hey, kid. And I like, I literally look at him and I'm like deer in headlights. And then I look around the room and I'm the only one in there, but the trainer. So I realize I'm like, I realize he's talking to me. He goes, hey, kid, great fight. He's like, you showed a lot of balls out there, kid. And then that was it. And so, you know, it kind of got a little confidence from that. You're like, oh, shit. But I didn't have any more fights, uh, but stayed a while and and then went back to junior. And then that's when I put up that year with 270 and fought everybody um, that I could. And um, then the next year I went to LA rookie camp in Thunder Bay and uh, did well there. And then they invited me to main camp and I got, I got to play with my defense partner in camp was Rob Blake, which is, oh. I mean, it's not too hard to look decent with Rob Blake. He's, you know, he's a freaking hall of famer. 
Um, so that was cool. And, um, you know, then after, obviously I didn't, I wasn't on an NHL contract, wasn't drafted and, um, then went down to Lowell and, um, they signed me to an AHL, um, AHL two-way contract. So, um, which back then was, you know, for a young 20 year old kid, you know, signed for 40 grand. I mean, you know, you're a pretty happy boy. So, uh, Bruce Boudreau, who's actually really good friends with Brooksy was the head coach and I was a lot skinnier guy. And, um, you know, I just, my first, uh, my first exhibition game in the AHL with Lowell, I had like three fights. I fought this guy, Louis Bedard twice and some other guy, Louis Bedard was super tough and, um, he didn't know I was lefty. So I kind of caught him and, uh, he wanted to go again after that one. And, um, you know, it was there after that, they kind of just, you know, I just kept going, just fighting every game, just doing what I had to do to be noticed because obviously I wasn't out there scoring goals. So after uh, this guy named by the name of Bill Hewer got sent down, he's an NHL legend back in the day. Yeah, really I played with dude. Billy. I played really. Yeah. Great guy. Really yeah, nice yeah. to me actually. And they kept me around. Eric Kearns was there. We were a split affiliate. So it was LA low lock monsters. We were called, um, we were a split affiliate with New York Islanders and LA Kings. So, you know, a bunch of these guys got sent down and then I got sent on Bruce Boudreaux didn't want me to go to Trenton. Nothing wrong with Trenton might've been better anyways in the long run, because you get scouted more in the East coast hockey league in the North, but he had won a championship at Kelly cup with, um, in 1998 with the sea wolves. And he wanted me to go there. So he, his players, my defense partner was Bob Woods and he's a great guy. He coached in the NHL, great player want to call their cup his son played in the nhl a bit but just a great family and it was a bunch of old like veterans down there i mean we i was a baby and um just got treated so well and you know pretty much i was told from a young age like kid don't leave the gym and keep doing what you're doing and you know i wasn't confused i loved every minute of my job i truly missed the hits and the fights i don't miss the bag skates and some of the bullshit in the game but okay. i loved every minute of my job yeah, and this, that's where you, you did what you had to do to stay in there. But also, you probably enjoyed doing it. I know there's a lot of kind of stuff that comes out after, quote-unquote, grinders, enforcers, everyone fights. That you know, the aftermath of everything. But it, obviously, it's something that you excelled in, that, that made you to excel into how good of a person you are off the ice now. Just being out of court, you come once in a while to spoil what's, uh, you know, not to spoil the intensity of a story, but it just, it's great to see how everything just works out even still afterwards, despite all that. And just being able to be in that Ranger locker room and being in that same room and being in the same locker room as a lot of guys like you were with Blake or when you were with the Ducks or with the Islanders, that even in turn just, you know, shows that that type of talent that you had to play in the National Hockey League and just be a role player and have the impact that you made, not just on the ice during the season, just at camp. you got to make your name known whatever way possible that it takes. Yeah, you know, I mean, the, the East Coast Hockey League was a breeding ground. You had either had to be a stud putting up huge points, a tough guy, or a goalie. And though, if you look at the list of guys who have went on to play in the NHL, pretty much from that league, um, that's exactly who had an opportunity. You know, it's the hard way. you got to earn it. Uh, it's the long road. It's not the, you know, it's not the fast track road, like getting drafted first or second round, you know, get a signing bonus back in the day before it was capped. And, you know, some of these guys would, you know, get a huge signing bonus and they never play, you know, they just, you know, it's, it's a lot of money to give to a young guy where guys like me and Brooksy, you know, we're playing for five, 600 bucks a week in the East coast league, you know, obviously all our bills are paid. And we're living the life, uh, <clears throat> having a blast, you know, per diem, card games, I mean, going out and just, you know, it's, but, but you had to, you know, it's the hard way. I mean, um, 
luckily he was really good at getting deals in town. So when we when I took a when I took a pay cut to go play with him in Peoria, he had a hookup at Olive Garden. We just had to leave tickets and a little tip. We'd eat for free, you know, just doing it up with the breadsticks and Alfredo. Everyone, oh, hockey players know about that. <laughs> You know, the, the unlimited salads and, you know, I love the chicken parm, but, you know, we had a bunch of hookups there. We could eat at a, we could eat at the casino, which was a boat, uh, pretty much anything you wanted. We you want shrimp, you know, crab legs, steak, chicken, whatever. So, um, you know, Brooksy was real good at getting the deals. I think he even had a tanning deal. You have to, you have to, you know, <laughs> grind it. You have to grind him about that, but it was cool back then to be rip, ripping around with highlights in your hair and a tan, you know? <laughs> I could definitely see Brooksy being the guy to go get the Rod Stewart type frosted tips and being just the oh, first right. ones to the tanning bed. Oh yeah, yeah. Brooksy, Brooksy's, Brooksy's never had a hard time. Let's just say that he, you know, he's a pretty boy. You know, as as good as this game was, I mean, uh, you know, he he covered kind of covered all the bases. You, know? you can tell who's a pretty boy just by the way they stride on the ice, you know, or who's an, like a hard working guy. You know, what I'm saying? he almost <laughs> lost his damn nose. He almost lost his damn nose at one time. I. He calls me and he has got this thing on his face and I'm like, what the fuck happened to you? And uh, he's like, man, I, I ate a shot. Like he, I think he ate a one tee or something. Yeah, I did. And, I um, took a one timer from Kristoff uh, Schubert, the old Ottawa uh, defenseman, and he was my teammate on the power play, and he gave me a one timer right to the face. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I've I've had my nasty. nose broken badly five times, and I don't know how many other times it was cracked. You know, so like I pretty much have no cartilage. Like I could push on it, and it looks like a clown nose, you know. But <laughs> but Brooksy's, I mean, taking a one. There's only two guys that I know that have taken a shot like that to the head and been fine, and he still played. Was one's Brooksy, and one is Zenon Kanopka, who is from Brooksy's area. Who's I played yeah. many places, and is an absolute warrior. The guy would. Yeah. You know, he's just a savage and he's a good friend of mine and Brooksy. So I could, we should get him on here. He's, he's an absolute animal. I know Brooksy was definitely trying to do that. I mean, I know we have a lot of big things, you know, coming up in terms of the Warriors and you're obviously a warrior in yourself and everything that you've done in the National Hockey League of playing. It's just, I wouldn't have fought you and I, I didn't play anywhere. I'm not getting into when I played because I know Brooksy will <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go above the, the the tier two junior, okay? So I had to. Just... Still, that's a that's a good level of hockey, man. I mean, it's uh, not everyone can do it. It's uh, you know, a lot of people just want to be the hometown hero. You know, that's there's a lot better players than me, but you know, they want to be the big fish in the small pond and play at home. Or man, you know, man. if you if you truly have a dream, you know, I, I'd say this to everyone if, as any kid. You know, if you have a dream, don't listen to the naysayers, even if it's your own family, like. I was telling people since I was five years old that I was going to play in the NHL. And even when when we're in the East Coast, like me and Brooksy are both like, yeah, we're going to make it, you know. And, you know, luckily I was fortunate enough to get the shot. Like I said, the right place, right time. And had one guy that liked me and Rick DiPietro. And he went up and started bragging on me to Gar Snow. And um, they signed me on my 31st birthday. After I got knocked out by Bugard. may you rest in peace. The guy was an absolute beast. I fought him three times, uh, one in the AHL. And, then the first one, we know how that ended up. I had a bunch of fights, fought like Josh Gratt and just a ton of guys in a row in a long, short period of time. And Bugard was like the duck killer and he was just killing guys he was on a rampage. He used to learned how to use his leverage and box and he just was like an absolute beast. So I couldn't even tell you if the punch was hard, to be honest. I was doing pretty good. He sized me up. I missed my grab and uh, went for it again and he sized me up, hit me with that uppercut. I couldn't even tell you if it was hard. Um, you know, I'm sure it was because it was the only time I've ever been knocked out from a punch. But, um, you know, it is what it is, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword. And 
my mentality was I'm going to go up here and it's going to be make or break me. And, and, uh, you know, he broke me. <laughs> so, uh, went back, went, you know, it is what it is, but went back down to the minors and, um, you know, after I healed, just got right back on the horse, as they say. And, um, you know, just pretty much still had the dream of playing in the NHL, but I just became like the high paid babysitter, you know, be a good teammate, do a lot of community work, help young guys in the gym and protect them. And, help them get to the next level and ultimately, you know, do the dirty work so the good guys can win. And, um, you know, luckily I got blessed to sign an NHL contract right on my 31st birthday and went up and played against, uh, Philly and, and then, uh, you know, played quite a bit that night actually. And was, it was trying to fight their tough guy wouldn't fight me. He had the handcuffs on by his coach. Oh, soft. And, uh, yeah, it is what it is. I would never carve the guy cause I got utter, utter respect for him. He had oh. a, hell of a hell of a lot better career than me, but <laughs> You know, it is what it is. You got to listen to the boss. And he was told not to fight me. So I just kind of ran around, and um, played a lot. And then they liked me. So instead of sending me down, they sent me down on paper. And then they brought me to the Florida trip where we were having the rookie party. So, you know, got to be drinking, you know, drinking this uh, wild Louis the 13th with like Rollison and some of the old veterans, Dougie Waite and, and all the boys. They kind of, you know, treated me really well just because I was an older guy and, and they were lacking in that department. And, um, and they kept me on that trip. They didn't have to just so the guys could get to know me. And, um, you know, I went down and I took a huge pay cut from what I was making in the AHL just to get that game. Like I wanted, you know, to make up for the one that I got, you know, and, you know, unfortunately I didn't know if I was going back up, but I got a good game. I played a lot. I think I played like seven minutes, you know, for that, for my role at that time, that was quite a bit. I think I played seven forty-eight, seven minutes, 48 seconds that game. You know, I had a bunch of hits, played pretty well, you know, chipping it in, chipping it out. You know the deal. Yeah. Um, yep. Not really around anymore. And then uh, they kept me up and I practiced and then um, went back down to the A and just started crushing guys again. I was had a hell of a year that year playing for Jack Capuano. And, um, you know, just a, we had a tough team, you know, like we had Joel Recklish, uh, the good buddy of mine, myself, Pascal Morenzi, Michael Haley. We had the uh, one of the West Garth brothers on D. Um, you know, we were just tough, tough team. The Islanders like to have a tough team to protect the skill. Um, you know, and it was a blast. And then they called me back up after a month and, and then I got to stay for a year and a half. So, um, you know, kind of found my home there. I, I think it really helped to have the last name Gillies, you know, with Clark Gillies being a hall of famer, we're not related, um, by any means. And he was a hell of a lot better player than me. He could play and fight, but, um, you know, I was kind of, I'm a throwback. Like I like old school hockey. When I grew up, I didn't want to be Wayne Gretzky, you know, even though he's the absolute best player ever. I wanted to be Bob Prober, Marty McSorley, Scott Stevens. I mean, these are, I have all their jerseys on my wall in my office where I'm at right now signed to me. Like I've always wanted to be that guy. And, um, you know, fortunately I got to live out my boyhood dream. You know, it was, uh, it was incredible. See, Brooksy, I think he got more minutes than Jufata did though on average ice time. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be close, but uh, yeah, no. I, by the sounds of it, I think he got some more. <laughs> no, did. No, Brooks, I feel like I've been taking a lot of spots. I love, I love his I, Drew Fat. I like he man. He he he's a good pest in the AHL. I wanted to kill that guy, but obviously he's yeah. not a heavyweight. But uh, you know, you know, Drew played hard, but I love his brother Rico. Uh, played with Rico in Finland. Just a great dude. Um, great family used to go over there all the time and eat and hang with his kids. And, um, you know, I love the love, uh, Rico fat and his family. Good people. Definitely. Now that's a uh, previous history. We had something called the juggernaut when we had him on. It was certainly entertaining for sure. But Brooksy, I want to give you the floor with bringing up 
I feel like I've been hogging all the spotlight. I tend to do that. There's no rush with me, boys. I mean, you got me. I mean, I'll do as long as you want. (laughs) Oh, I I talk for hours and hours. You know what? I told – I you know what the funny thing is today I made sure that I am the tech guy and I am the producer. And <laughs> there is no time limit tonight. I couldn't agree more. But Brooksy, I'll let you. Yeah, no. Well, I got a couple stories, you know, that I want to bring up because you know, Dave, you were talking about Gillies and you know, does he love his role and you know, does he know his role and all these things? And I got a story that will tell you how much this guy loves his role and <laughs> you do not want to get in the way of his role and. Uh, <laughs> We were playing together in Caledon and, and I was, you know, I was not a big guy whatsoever. And, uh, you know, I was a goal scorer, but I worked hard. And, uh, but I was, I was always going to stick up for myself. I, my whole life, people were telling me you're too small. You're not going to make it. So I would fight anybody and everybody that I could for the most part, unless they were an absolute heavyweight. Cause I was no dummy. Hey, know? Brooksy, I'm going to pump your tires here. And interrupt you. Um, <laughs> anyone who, anyone who doesn't know, uh, Rick Rippin, he's a guy that I used to watch, um, just yeah. because of he's doing triangle blocks and head movement, kind of like way ahead of his time. Like just had a great skill set, phenomenal skill set. And that fight that you have with him is, is absolutely legendary because, you know, may he rest in peace too, but, he was one hell of a fighter, and oh, he yeah. stood in there toe to toe the whole time, big guy. So, yeah, no, he was a tough, tough, tough guy to fight too, and he was a lefty as well, you know. And they're the worst. Speed, speed, <laughs> speed beats power. Yeah. A lot of times, yeah. I mean, speed is uh, you got good speed, baby. Those fast yeah. twitch. But anyway, go ahead. And and uh, so we're playing, and uh, one of the fighters, a guy. Uh, I would say he was not a heavyweight, but he was a guy that would be a guy that somebody Gillies would fight. And he cheap shotted me. And like me and knowing me, I was not going to allow it. So I was going to fight the guy. And I did pretty good. So him and I go and we do pretty good. And I, I come out of the box and I'm, wa- I'm skating back to the bench. The whole bench is up, you know, give me a hand. And all the boys are great job, Brooksy, great job. And I sit down <laughs> and then Gillies comes over. And he whispers in my ear, he goes, if you ever steal a major from me again, I'm going to kick the shit out of you so you can never fight anyone. <laughs> and I tell you what, that's where we became really close buddies. I'd never stole a major from him again, and uh, we've been friends ever since. That's a true story. I do remember that. <laughs> do you remember that? See, yeah, when... they... Go ahead, Dave. No, no. When it comes to those times when you play against or anything of such, you must have been afraid to. Uh, that he would have fought you. Oh, no, Brooksy! Like I, I know. Oh I, yeah. I, well, the thing is with Gillies, even in practice, you didn't want to piss him off because no matter who you were, he was gonna he, he'd fucking beat the shit out of you or he'd he'd, he'd hurt you somehow. You know, <laughs> he's there. You know, I was fortunate enough to play with him, like I said, in pro a few times. And in the dressing room, I sat between. Uh, Trevor Gillies and Jeremy Yablonski. If you don't know who Jeremy Yablonski is, he's about six foot, two fifty. If you don't know who he is, you're living under a rock because he's one of the toughest guys to ever have played. Yeah, and he's a killer. He's a friend of ours. But I sat between him and Gillies, and to tell you the truth, before games, I feel like I was black and blue. These fucking (laughs) idiots would punch me in the ribs and in the art, like, because that was their thing to get going before a game was. They'd fucking punch each other. They'd warm up. Uh, they were fucking idiots. <laughs> in my <laughs> mind, they would fucking sit in between them. Honestly, there was times I would not sit in my stall because I was going to be sore before the game. 
and it just drove me nuts. But it was, uh, you know what? I wouldn't change it because they were great guys, great teammates. And because we were so cl- close, nobody bothered me because I was scoring quite a bit then. And, uh, oh, yeah. you know, I, I was able to just do my game because no one was going to touch me with these two animals. And being close friends with them made it even better. Well, let's talk about that team, big guy. I mean, we were first place playing under Jason Christie Smurf, legendary East Coast coach. I think he had coach. Yeah, I think he has the most wins of all time in the coast. Um, you know, and he just he just had a top. We had a really skilled team: Tyler Renette, yourself. I mean, we just had a lot of good players. Two great goalies um, in Michaud and uh, Schwinnard. Chewy, what a legend he is. Yeah. Um, you know, then our tough guys. I mean. Whew, he had a sleeper in Anthony Belza that no one really knows about. Guy was nails. And then you had the two heavies, um, Yabo on wing, me on D. Uh, that was back in the leather leather strap days. People were still rocking those. And then we had Brad Voth, monster, giant. We had, um, man, I'm missing a couple. We had you that would fight, Jason Lawmaster, that skinny Baker guy. Yeah. He was a good player. Just he would ch- He's like you, just chuck bombs down the pipe super fast. Oh man, we were tough as nails. And that was that was fun. I mean, I know I was only there for twenty something games and, and then Yabo went up, I went up, uh, you know, you went up. We lost a lot of our team, but that was a fun year, man. I'm um, I'm glad I um glad I listened to you and came because uh you know, that was pretty much uh the end of my time in the coast. Yeah. Yeah, no for sure. Um I know you were talking earlier about, you know, I want to talk about, you know, some of the toughest guys that you, you've ever fought. Cause you, and I know you mentioned one name of a guy, you, you said you broke your hand on his head cause he had a massive head. And uh, I know you guys had some fights in the AHL and in Russia and uh, that's a Morasti, nasty Morasti, I guess. Yeah. John, John nasty Morasti. The guy is an absolute animal. I mean, he's not the biggest guy. He's got good weight behind him. I've never hit someone that hard where you know he could just absorb punishment i think he's you know i think he's probably the best of all time at taking one to you know because he has he's a shorter guy right and i was an undersized heavyweight in the nhl i mean let's be honest those guys are freaking giants um but you know he's one of the best of all time under six foot one i mean you bought yabble's up there as well for sure um, those guys are just nails. I think Yabo's one of the toughest of all time. And obviously, you know, you know him well um, from playing together. But for the for the listeners out there that don't know, uh, um, I fought six of my eight groomsmen. So, you know, Brooksy's one of the ones I did not fight. Um, <laughs> no, you just so, fought me uh, off the ice. <laughs> <laughs> the majority of my lineup up there uh, were absolute nail guns, as we call it. Um, but yeah, man, so many, so many that were super tough over the years. It's hard to pinpoint, but, um, I'd like to give a shout out to two guys. Um, I don't know they're both living in Canada. Um, Mad Mel Anglestat, that guy was an absolute beast. And, uh, I remember being a, a young guy and my, on my first shift when I got called up from actually playing with you, Brooksy in Peoria, I go out, I'm on left. I mean, obviously to, to make the transition to the AHL much faster, better game. Um, you know, I was playing kind of half and half with Tom Rowe, who I absolutely love. One of the best coaches I ever played for. And, um, Tom puts me out and, you know, I, I knew what my damn job was. If I don't fight Mel in that game, or at least someone close to his toughness, I'm probably going back down the coast and not getting another shot. And you kind of got to run with the ball and, and seize your opportunities while they're there. So I go out, you know, like I said, I had no facial hair, barely 
could grow, couldn't grow it. So I go out and I said, uh, I said, Hey, Mad Mel, I was like, I'd be honored to have you on my fight card. And he looks at me and when he looks at me, Mel's fixed his nose now, but for people who don't know, I mean, that guy's such a warrior that his nose is on the other side of his face. So he looks at me and I'm like, Oh shit. And, um, you know, obviously I just, I, I just know I'm going to get in there and chuck him. So he goes, he looks right at me, dead in my eyes, and he goes, this is way before visors, so, you know, you had this old CCM buckets on. And he looks at me, and he goes, are you sure, kid? And I said, I said, yeah. He goes, all right. He goes, I'll give you a shot, kid. He goes, we going to do this right and square off and go to center ice? And I said, yes, sir. And uh, sure enough, we did. And, you know, I can't say I won the fight, but, you know, it was a hell of a war. And I remember all the, the coach and the teammates being like, oh, fuck, who's this fucking young guy? So... You know, then after that, I guess I did enough to stay around and not go right back down to the coast. And uh, they brought me on the trip to go to Newfoundland, which is a hell of a place. I remember after the games, you know, you don't fly out to the next day. So we're going out and partying in George Street. And um, I fought uh, Dougie Duell, who's another tough dude, and Nathan Parrott in the same game. So kind of just was on a rampage. I had three fights in the first two games. and. <laughs> <laughs> and kind of and kind of just kept it going. But, um, you know, I definitely have to give Mel, um, you know, if he says no there or doesn't oblige, you know, he did the right thing. You know, it's, you know, older guys, you're supposed to give the young guys a shot. If he doesn't give me a shot and no one fights me there and, and I'm not a factor in the game, you know, I might not I might have got sent down and, you know, my career might have been over because I was getting close to being a veteran in the coast. And those spots usually go to the, you know, the, the 80, 90 point guy or a top goalie instead of, um you know, a tough guy. So um, yeah. definitely Mad Mel was super tough. Um, you know, he, he had a great punch. I mean, he caught me one time and dropped me to a knee um, when I was in Portland to where he played before. Just a, you know, just a solid individual would come talk to me after the game. Um, you know, all of a sudden I'd be like, you know, the trainer would come in and be like, hey, Gil, someone, you know, Mount Engelstadt wants to talk to you. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay. You know, we just were trying to kill, beat each other's brains in, and now we're out, we're outside having the most polite conversation, where he's like, "Hey, kid, great fucking job, man. I'm like really impressed with these. Like, keep doing what you're doing, man. You know, you're doing great. You know, like that kind of stuff. Like, people don't hear about. Like, you know, being a tough guy is one of the most humbling jobs on the planet. Um, you know, you're sacrificing your body for, you know, the well-being of your teammates, so ultimately the skill guys can play freely. And, you know, half the time you're, you're fighting when your hands are all banged up and you got no skin on your knuckles. I mean, I miss that crap. Um, you know, just I got utter, so much respect for him. And then uh, another guy, Steve Stone Cold McLaren, absolute killer. Oh, I think Brooks. Yeah, he was my teammate. Yeah, he was my teammate for two years. Yeah, I used yeah, to fight him all. The, I used to fight him quite a bit. And he's very tough. You know, I got him towards the end of my career. But another guy with a big name that was a, one of the best in the league in the NHL, same with Mad Mel. And they gave me my shot, you know. And, um, you know, when you can – not like I was beating him, but, you know, doing well in those fights kind of – kind of um you know you kind of become a staple and then they keep you around um so those are two for sure you know Morasti's an absolute animal i mean there's there's so many guys i could name i mean i pretty much fought them all um i didn't fight brian mcgratton but we're friends um he's a great guy great you know we came we're good buddies um super tough another guy I didn't fight i'm good friends with is steve Mc, um steve mcintyre he's probably Besides Bugard, <clears throat> probably the toughest, I think, of all time. Um, just an absolute beast. Throws with both hands. You could hit him with, you could hit him with a Louisville slugger, a two-by-four, and he's not even going to move. 
Um, just so many guys, man. But, you know, Yablonski, a good friend, you know, those are the ones you always get up for. Um, you know, one time he calls me and I'm on the bus. I had no idea he was getting called up. And uh, he calls me and he says, hey, Gills. He's like, I just got called up. I was like, fuck yeah, brother. Good job, man. And um, he goes, yeah. He's like, thanks, bro. He's like, but, uh, you know, I got called up to play you tonight. And I said, oh, okay. Okay. And he goes, yeah, bro, we got to go tonight. And I'm like, okay. And so we hadn't fought. I mean, we were just like really, really good buddies in Peoria. And we're like best friends. We still talk all the time, just like me and Brooksy. And uh, he's a phenomenal human being. Brought me to Russia. I'm sure we'll get into that in a bit. But we end up having uh, the first fight kind of was like, you know, pretty quick. And both guys go down. I think we fought three times that damn game. I mean, it was insane. <laughs> and one of them was the most epic ones of all time. Like we're both bleeding and you know, at the end, you know, no, you know, we never take advantage of a buddy, obviously. And we just, we, we ended the fight standing. No one went to the ground. And, you know, it's one of those, like, you go in for a little head, headbutt and, you know, rub the head, like, good job, brother. Good fight. You know, and then he's like, I love you, bro. I'm like, I love you, bro. And then when we're going, <laughs> when we're going to the, when we're going to the box, this old legend, Terry Virtue, I'm sure many people yeah. have heard of him. Yeah. I minor league, minor league legend. And uh, he goes, he goes, you two are fucking nuts. And uh, we just both <laughs> smile and, and, uh, and then go to the box. So no, man, good memories. Yeah. But, uh, Terry, there's so many guys. With, hey, he said it with a stutter though. <laughs> yeah. There's so many guys, man. I mean, you know, there's so many guys. I mean, there's never an easy fight in the heavyweight division. As, you know, once you get to the, the AHL, I mean, it's, uh, you know, you're, you're one of the best in the planet at what you do, you know? Um, yeah, AHL and NHL back in those days, the AHL was insane. Like 0405 was probably the toughest year of hockey in any league. Um, it was because all the NHL tough guys came down, all the young guys, all the AHL guys. I mean, it was just insane. Like teams would have like anywhere from three to five tough guys. You know, um, you know that that year was just nuts. You can look at the you can look at the fighting majors. In the yeah, league. it's hard to find one nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a couple guys that I like to watch that, uh, you know, aren't, weren't, I wouldn't say would be exactly heavyweights in the NHL when back in the day, especially in the eighties and nineties. And, and when I was there, but Ryan Reeves, could, Ryan Reeves is probably the, the man. I mean, he, he could probably for sure. Um, but you know, Maddie Martin, friend of mine, I got to play with, I love his game. Just fucking kills people with hits. You got Kyle Clifford, Cambridge boy. I've never met. He's from my hometown. I love the way he plays. Um, you know, uh, I, you know, this might be some controversy, but, uh, I like Wilson a lot on Washington. I mean, there's, there's still a bunch of guys, you know, um, I love that mm-hmm. McQuaid. I think he just retired tough D man, you know, Derek England, you know, there's still a bunch of warriors, Luchik. I mean, you know, Michael Haley's nails. I mean, there's, there's still a bunch of guys, but obviously it's not the same as it once was. No, yeah, it, it's not. It's not, and you even, you even like, you look at your fight card in particular. Obviously, Godard, Bugard, there's a lot of good names. The one that sticks out, that I know people are going to be interested in hearing a lot of, is Paul Bizanet. But you had one fight against Paul, as people call him, Biz Nasty. Uh, you know, is that is that one fight that you can kind of, you know, play back for us? You can all check. I found them all. I'm not going to lie. They're all on hockey. Uh, they're called HockeyFights.com. You know, like I, I had to. And Brooksy told me that we were able to get you on the show. And we, I had to look up all your fights because I actually recall 
you in the and I remember actually using you. You might laugh in a 2000, I believe it was a 2009 NHL EA Sports game on my PlayStation. <laughs> but I believe I, I put you on my team and you used to kick everyone's ass. Okay, so that's funny. So that's <laughs> well, you know, it's it's one of those things. Here's a line me and Yablonski uh, kind of came up with together. It's like one of those things if. If someone says they never lost a fight, then they're not fighting the right guys, and, and they're they're pretty much a spot picker. So, you know, I definitely lost my share. Uh, like to think I, I won more than I lost, but you know, it was all about you know doing it for the crest on the front, not the name on the back. And um, you know, it's all about the brotherhood, and it's a family in there. And and in our role, we're kind of looked at as the big brothers. But now I got respect from all. I'm glad you brought up Goddard. He's an absolute animal. Um, he's a guy that. You truly had to be up to fight, you know, through super hard punches, really long arms. Um, you know, we fought quite a bit. And there's another guy that I got a lot of respect for because when my little brother, who was a pretty skilled player, Nathan Gillies, real fast like Brooksy, got tank legs and went the college route where we went the, you know, the major junior route. Uh, when he got called up, Goddard was the best guy to him in Bridgeport. So I've always loved Goddard for that. Um, kind of took my brother under his wing and, um, you know, glad to see he's he's doing good and helping a lot of people with, um, you know, big Scott Parker, uh, who I fought before. That's an animal, too. But and then um, Riley Cote fought him a bunch as well. And Vanden Bush, I never fought, but know him. Um, they're doing a lot of big things, helping a lot of ex-athletes, a lot of military people uh, in the CBD space. So uh, glad to see he's kind of found a home there and um, and, and doing well. That's where, you know, all these fights, you know, it's something right now. And we'll transition to this kind of as long as as well as we're getting to the topic of today's game comparison to the past. I don't think there is no comparison. But like I said, we'll get into that. Fighting is a part of the game where, and we briefly kind of touch on this, is where the guys aren't as there, not as evident as it used to be. Like you had the Colt Norris, you had yourself. Oh I, lo- oh, I fought him. I'm glad you brought him up. Colt Nor, I fought 10 times. He's a... Uh... And I'm, I'm the most on his fight card and he's the most on mine. So I gave him, I have a really cool picture, um, in my office here. It's me and Brian McGratton, who I love bigger. And I played with him in, um, Adirondack at the end of my career and uh, great, great guy, great family. And, um, you know, Orzy, I, I've known Orzy a long time too, but we're kind of buddies now too. We don't talk all the time, but that guy is absolutely nails. And, uh, I gave him his first two AHL fights in one game. So he wrote a cool thing. He's like, Gilly, thanks. You know, thanks for the shot. Thanks for my first two, first two AHL fights. You're something like your bud Colton or so just a hell of a career. Uh, I knew there's two guys that I fought when I started getting a little bit older, a little age on me, like not too old, but it's like, you know, 27, 28, when all of a sudden you fight a 20 year old or 21 year old coming out of junior, there was two guys when people asked me, that I knew were going to be like absolute animals in the NHL. And that's, I think Brooksy played with the other one I'm about to mention, but one was Colton Orr. I knew I just like, I fought them all, you know, I'm just like, this guy is going to have a hell of a career. Like just, um, and I'm glad he did, you know, he played forever. Um, is Colton Orr and DJ King. DJ oh. King was tough as fucking nails. Um, you know, the big boy, yeah. Um, he had the big yeah. uh, paws on him. He had the biggest hands. It yeah, he's tough, man. To see his hands. He's tough. The biggest hands I've ever seen are Steve McIntyre and oh, yeah. Martin Grenier. I played with well, – on our team in Hartford, we had we had me, Grenier, and McIntyre on one team. I mean, that is heavy. 
And uh, I was the smallest tough guy by far to those three guys. They made me look like a midget. <laughs> um, then we had like Craig Weller could play and hit and he could fight. Um, fought Wellesley a few times. Um, who else do we have on that squad? Dave Lifferton. I mean, we just had a tough team. We had Garth Murray, Jed Ortmeyer was blocking shots with his face. I mean, you know, I just got blessed to play with so many guys that were just like, you know, just laid on the line, you know, for the brotherhood and the family. And, um, you know, those, those are the memories you remember, you know, like whether they were tough guys or not, it's like everyone pushing and everyone pulling the way I look at hockey and, and anything business and life is, you know, you put the right people together, good people. And, um, you know, whether you're a small piece to the puzzle, like a tough guy, or you're the top scorer or top goalie, it doesn't matter the size of the piece, but if you don't have all the pieces in it, at the end of the year, you're not going to win. And, um, you know, you're either not going to make the playoffs or uh, if you have a good enough team, you know, if you're missing a few pieces, you're going to run into a team that's more well-rounded and um, you're going to be put out and you're going to be sent home golfing. So, you know, it's all about it being a piece to the puzzle and uh, everyone buying in on the same page and pushing and pulling that rope. See, now, and speaking of that, is like in the fighting in today's game is not, it's so minimal. And, and do you think the fighting is actually not going to be in hockey? Kind of going to put you on the spot do you think one day they're going to kibosh it out or do you think it'll always be a part of the game and if it if it should be a part of the game why i'm gonna i'm gonna say that because i'm a fan of the fight i think it needs to stay i don't want to get into a full tale of it because uh obviously it goes without saying it's it swings momentum it provides entertainment there's so many ways and also it provides uh some good team kind of differences and like different players get to play together if you're a grinder type player if you take out the game of fighting and those and that big hitting aspect that causes those fights then it takes away a, a certain potion, if you will, of the game. I mean, obviously, I'm so pro fighting. It, it, it's it's probably not the best question to ask me because if they take it totally out, I mean, to, for me personally, I told Brooksy I was going to be totally honest about this. So, you well, know, it, it'd be like watching Disney on ice for me, um, which is fine. You know, I've taken my daughter to it. They put on a good show as well. But um, that isn't the, that isn't the game that I signed up for. That is not, I knew what I was getting myself into. Okay. Yeah. I've had my concussions, um, you know, eat good, get good sleep, work out. I mean, you know, it's, it's about living a healthy lifestyle, especially if you've had some, you know, a few too many hits, as I say, punches aren't vitamins, but uh, I think it'll be a shame. You know, obviously you can ask the skill, you know, they do this poll all the time and, and guys wouldn't just, you know, it's with the NHLPA guys wouldn't put, yes, we want fighting. Yes. We want tough guys if they didn't truly believe it, they would just check the box. No, we don't want it in the game, you know? Um, and it's like, I don't know the exact, don't quote me on it, but it's a high number. I mean, it's a super high number on how many guys want it in the game. I mean, it is the ultimate deterrent. If you got a guy breathing down your, if you touch my skill player and I'm screaming at you from the bench and it's not, blu- I'm not bluffing just like none of us are like literally you got a job to do. So my job is to protect those guys and make sure that they can feel free to do whatever they want, you know, spin a with their head down, you know, toe drag, whatever, a little sauce pass back door. And all of a sudden some blows them up, you know, and, and targets the head. I mean, that's kind of the new thing back in the old days. I mean, the guy's head was down. You just blasted them. But I feel like it's a shame um, because it is very, you, you go to a hockey game, the loudest they're ever going to be is when two guy, two two warships are going at it. I mean, louder than goals. I mean, every single person in the arena stands up, you know, crushing beers, and it's 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 the ultimate deterrent. And whether it's you know people say stage fighting, 
a lot of times the tough guys, we get it out of the way right away. And two and both benches are looking like, like, look at these absolute animals right now going at it for the crest on the front. And then they're like, well, fuck, if we don't, if we don't play the right way, that could happen to us. They might grab us, you know? So it kind of made the seas like super calm, um, you know, or someone's doing something dumb and you go out and challenge them. You know, that's why it wasn't just heavyweights. That's why you need, you kind of needed all weight classes. Like when we were in Bridgeport, or even any, a lot of teams I played on, we always had like a, you know, second and third tier, like kind of like weight classes and guys usually stick to those. I mean, and then people see the crazy stuff, like just for instance, some of the stuff I've done, there was a reason for everyone, whether I was sent out or, or we had a meeting or the, they were talking shit or they took out two of my players with concussion. Um, hence Tang Grady, who got called up and thought he was Derek Bugard out there. Uh, you know, things happen for a reason and there's always a reason to it. You know, the only thing they show on sport on the sports center or whatever, whatever, you know, sport broadcast is, is the event. They don't show the other things from before, but guys got, guys got memory banks, you know, and ultimately, you know, a fighter or an enforcer or anybody, a skill guy, like if someone takes out Brooksy and he's another skill guy, takes his knee out, sticks his knee out, you think Brooksy's just going to be like, ah, whatever. No, he's going to put it in the memory bank and it might not be, you know, next game even, but if we're up one game, four or five, one, he's going to, he's going to get his, you know, his pound of flesh. I mean, that's just how it works. That's just how the mentality and how the game really is. Uh, It's sell. it's they're, they're really missing the self-policing of the game tremendously. And that's where like today, the drama that you see nowadays is back to Jude Doughty, right? Where before you look at the drama, it's Ty Domi and Chris Neal. That's one thing that I want to. Oh man, I played with Chris Neal in North Bay. We were boys. We used to drive around all the time in a Z24. Um, People don't realize, I mean, Chris Neal played a thousand NHL games, I believe. Um, Hell of a career, all with one team in the Ottawa Senators. But he's just a big old farm boy with a big head. And um, in junior, I mean, he was a he had great touch. He was more of a scorer. Yeah, he would fight towards the end. But he wasn't the number one designated guy. I mean, he was a player. And once he got to pro. The way he played, physical, big boy, you know, good in front of the net, um, you know, creating havoc. Um, you know, he started fighting these legends um, in the IHL and started doing well. And you can eat a punch. And you know, man, what a career! Um, what a watching. great, what a what a great guy too. Um, and I, Ty Domi's one of my all-time favorites. I got his book right here. I just started it, and um, I was thinking it. You know, that'd be a cool name for a dog. You know. Yeah, but now there's also Chris Neal. He fought Sandino Chara. There's a guy. He definitely had a great like career. And he could play. Any and he could play. Like he yep. could, and he could really play. Chris Neal could really play, and um, just a great dude. Um, we played together in my rookie year in North Bay, and um, man, it was awesome to uh, awesome to see him play that long. I mean, I played against him my rookie year in the coast. He was down in Mobile, and um, you know, just to be with one NHL team that long. I mean, that's just true loyalty and. Um, I just truly respect the career he had. It's, it's phenomenal. See, and that's where you scored your first NHL goals against the Ottawa Senators and him too, I believe. Is yeah, that- he was on the ice. I don't think he was too happy. Um, <laughs> and it wasn't the most skilled goal, to be honest. You know, just you just crashing the cage, going to the paint, as we say. Um, that's what Jack Capuano would always say. You, you, boys, you got to go to the paint. So, um, you know, just went to the paint. My boy is Enin Kanaka, who Brooks, he's good friends with as well. Um, he, we were line mates, just an absolute warrior. Z people don't realize is one of the best face-off guys ever. Um, you know, we'd win draws and we, so we wouldn't be in our end and, you know, we could go, go hunt 
hunt on the floor checks, what I call it. And uh, he had the puck going wide, and uh, he threw threw the kind of a backhand sauce at the net, and just crashed the cage, and uh, you know got one there. Um, I knew it went in. I knew it went off my stick. So they sent it to Toronto or wherever they send it. There was a little controversy there, and you know that was that was a great feeling. Uh, there's a plaque. There's a plaque sitting here in my office on the wall with the goal puck and the lineup sheet and all that. That's a cool thing about the NHL. A lot of people don't realize is uh, when you get your first of whatever. Um, my first assist was against the Leafs. It was on Hockey Night in Canada. So all the family and friends and everyone you played with all growing up got to see it. Uh, wasn't the most skilled play. I just kind of cycled the puck down. Um, to uh, uh, Richard Park, and then he uh, he set up Jackman in the slot. So, uh, you know, got my first assist. They make up a thing with, your, you know, you going down the line, hitting your, uh, hitting your teammates' fist. You know, you guys know the deal when you score in hockey and uh, the game sheets and the puck. And they do it up real nice with matting and frames. And, you know, those are, you know, yeah, I had the fights. And, you know, I loved every minute of those. But, um, you know, it definitely um you know i didn't get a lot of points but definitely can't take those away from me you can't dave mckaig with brendan brooks and our very special guest the wild man who is drinking a coffee and an upper decker as he said from the top of the hour trevor oh, yeah. and you know what i'm on my couple pints here and it's absolutely been delicious but either way coffee is good to go to i will say that this is a commercial free edition these special this so we keep it rolling as we said we still have lots to get to, so as long as you guys are good, we're going to keep rolling here. And Brooks, I'm good, baby. I want you to lead off this topic with uh, talking about today's hockey game in general. We talked about hockey and, per se, about fighting. But the way the hockey game is now, we've said this in previous editions where yourself, the type of player that you are, would probably – I know you had the mentality to you know be, uh, work hard, have, fight, and have because that's the, what you grew up with. But let's say you didn't have that in your in – your, backpack if you will and you were just pure speed which you are and can score goals today's hockey is made for the little more so than it is the bigger guys than what it was and it, let's say let's be honest it's more of a softer game than what it was we've already said that a couple times so i want you to kind of jump in and lead and segue to allow trevor to comment on it is about today's game in comparison to the past outside of even fighting just skill and you can talk about the ontario hockey league the american hockey league the nhl yeah. european everything well, I think for me, um, you know, I grew up in an era like with Trevor, you know, everyone was big, the clutch and grab, and it was, it was a different game for sure. As we've it talked was a about war. times. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a war. You were going to war. You had to night. fight for every inch, bro. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, that I, just, That's a movie. <laughs> I forget exactly. what movie. <laughs> and, and I remember, I remember I was, you know, I was on an NHL two-way for a long time, and I would go up to NHL camps, and I'd have a great camp, but then I'd get sent down, or for whatever reason, to the AHL. And, and I was finally, it happened, and I was finally over it. I was just, like, over it, and I said, I'm going to Europe. And for me, when Last I went to Europe, yeah, and I had an amazing career over there. I wouldn't change it for the world. And uh, I think Europe was the way the new the game is now in the NHL. Uh, you know, it's more open. It's more puck control. Uh, you know, you, I still got in my fights over there, but it was way less. Uh, you actually had to pay. Sometimes in, when I was playing in Switzerland, if you got in a fight, you, you got to pay a fine. I had to pay almost $1,000 for a fight. So if somebody pissed me off, 
And I I've lost over a hundred like, grand in my career, Brooksy. <laughs> no, but I was well over a hundred grand. Yeah, yeah, that's for suspensions, not fighting. <laughs> it's so what it they, is, buddy. That's not yeah. bad. That's a good little piece of history to have. Yeah, yeah, they, it is, uh, it is, but, but that's what it was, and uh, and the game of in Europe was like the NHL. Now you can you can skate, you can. Uh, you know, you can't clutch and grab and hold the guy. As soon as you hold the guy after he chips the puck or tries to go by you, it's an instant penalty. So nowadays I find, you know, like there's a lot of specialty teams. Games are won fully on specialty teams. 100%. And, and, uh, and, and that's the difference between back in the day. Um, I also find that uh, the, the new game, and there's so many turnovers where when Trevor and I were growing up playing, there, if you turn the puck over at your own blue line, the offensive blue line, unless you were like, you know, Wayne Gretzky or the superstar on your team, you were sitting. Like, they gave you one warning. You'd be like pulling you out splinters, eh, Brooksy? You'd be pulling oh, yeah. out splinters. 100%. Like, I was always like, do not. In my mind, when I would go into games, no matter what, it was like, don't turn the puck over in these other areas. I can do whatever the fuck I want in the others. But at the blue lines, there's no turnovers. But when I watch the game now, Man, there's there's hundreds of turnovers in a game. Like back in the day, our coaches would go through and say, you know what? Like if you had like 20 turnovers in a game, 20, that's in, like they would lose it. Now oh, like, they, there's like shoot, 20. They would lose their mind. Yeah, and there's like over 20 a period now. And, uh, you know, that's been like, you know, tough for me to watch. But I also feel like with the style and with the type of player I am, you know, the NHL would be built for my game because I could skate and I was fast. Just like the wind. And uh, for me, that, uh, you know, that's the difference just watching, uh, you know, from the olden days of when we grew up to now. And, you know, I, and I know Trevor can, you know, add. Well, I'll, I'll, ju- I'll jump in here for you because you're obviously going to be super humble and, and say it's more tailored to your game and leave it like that. But, <laughs> you know, no, if, you know, to be honest, I mean, the way the game is now, I mean, yeah, size is important because you got the reach. It's a lot of stick on puck. Everyone knows that. You know, you pop in the puck, you finish your hit. If you can, nowadays, if you can, you know, you were expected to finish your hit every time. So nowadays, you pop the puck, you keep the puck, you go, you know, you keep it. Um, where it's a lot different. But the game now is totally tailored for Brooks's game. I mean, Brooke, there's no doubt you would have had a, played a long time in the NHL with your skill set and your size because size really doesn't matter. Um, you know, look at uh, Goudreau when I was in training camp in, in uh, Calgary. That guy is tiny, and he is an absolute stud. I mean, it's like the it's like the puck is on a freaking string on a stick. I mean, <laughs> just incredible. Um, you know, it's wild to watch him. I mean, I enjoy watching it. I don't, I don't like watching regular season as much, but man, you still can't beat hockey playoffs. I mean, yeah, the new game. Obviously, I wish it was. Uh, you know, this skilled plus with a little more meat, I would say a little more meat and potatoes to it. Well, but it's still a phenomenal game. It's super fast. It's very entertaining. These guys are so fucking good now. It's insane. Um, you know, it's, it, it's wild to watch. Yeah. Well, speaking of size, like if you, you know, you take Marner, I think he's like 170, you know, like another, for me, another stud. Yeah. Like for me, like, cause when I was playing, like, you know, I'm not a big guy, but I back like I was considered not a big guy back then, but I'd be above average now. I'm five ten, I'm hundred and ninety pounds. You know what I mean? Like that was that's pretty big. 
compared to Brooksy, you were now. you were ripped up like a bad report card, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like like shredded wheat, bro. I'll never forget. Yeah, Here's a funny one. Brooksy would come out of the shower with a towel on, and he'd always give me a pose down. You know, full flex, eight pack. Flexing his little packs in his arms, and then he'd be like, "Look at Gills, it's Bruce Lee, little you know, like we Bruce had Lee something on else. steroids." Yeah, something else he would say, but whatever. Uh, man, just you know, Brooksy, Brooksy put the time in. You know, you don't you don't get looking like that by eating fast food and not working hard. So, uh, you know, he was like a racehorse out there, buddy. He's fucking flying. And the times right now, and I'll even say with the topic we were jumping onto with uh, the previous game to the, the way it is now, is you can watch these classic games that are on TV. And the calls, like when you're in the corner, someone's getting hooked. Someone's taking a punch to the shoulders, the jibs. And the ref's like, oh, no, it's good. Whistles are in the pocket. Now, nowadays, if you even think about blowing on a guy, okay, I guess you can lick on a guy if you're Brad Marchand. Okay, like I, I can imagine <laughs> If someone tried to lick you, Trev, I can just imagine how that would fly. Uh, but nonetheless, you're down the corner, and you even lay a finger on a guy. Everything's blown. Now, that makes it more exciting, more power plays, makes the skill be shown. I, I get it. I'm not going to say and start judging all the, everyone who's in the board of directors in the NHLPA or the NHL because I don't want to even touch that beehive. But Ender... Under all circumstances, the game it was before of being going in the corners, if you had a hit and if it wasn't a clean hit, you got a shot in the old, in the face and you're saying we're fighting. The mitts are dropping or you got the tough guy jumping over to back up the star guy. Does that still happen nowadays? Hey, if you're a Leaf fan, I'm going to tell you right now, that doesn't happen. Because now that Kyle Clifford's on the team for the Maple Leafs, it's a little bit Thank different. Thank God they picked him up. What a pickup. Exactly, right? You pick up that guy, it's a little bit, makes your team a little different. Vegas with Ryan Reeves. Okay, so you have these kind of circumstances where they have those guys. But if you don't have those guys in the lineup and you have guys like Wilson off on the Washington Capitals, they're going to bully your guys like the Mitch Marners, the Austin Matthews, which honestly, Austin Matthews can probably handle his own. He's a pretty big kid. Okay, but he's not an enforcer. Okay, he's six foot three. Well, you don't want, you don't, the whole point here, not to interrupt you, is you don't want those guys. Even if he knows how to fight. Last thing, you know, what if what if he misses a punch and he doesn't hit with the two that hurt you instead of the two that hurt him? You know, it's two that hurt him instead of the two that hurt you. He breaks his hand. I mean, you can't afford to have your your top dogs fighting. Hence why I told Brooksy, you steal another major off me, you know, we're, we're going to have a problem. I mean, that was my job, and we took pride, just like Reeves and those guys. They take pride in looking after the talent. Um, you know, and obviously the guys now can play a little better, but. You can't afford to have a guy like if John Tavares ever had to fight while I was on the team, I'd be fucking embarrassed. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's just the way it is. Um, <laughs> but anyway, sorry to sorry to rant there, but it's the ultimate deterrent. I mean, why do you think they went out? They knew they were getting put, pushed around, so they go get a guy that can play the game, but also has some fucking jam to his game. You know, you know, and he's people are gonna think twice when all of a sudden you know you're about to get some knuckle sandwiches to to the to your dome. You know. Um, it's ultimate deterrent. It keeps everyone honest. Um, there's no more scrums anymore. Every time you went to the net, uh, you know, back in the day, there was a scrum. You know, how we, you know, you hit the guy, you, you create a pin, you, what they call it a stall now. You can't exactly pin him. Um, you got to kind of battle with the stick in there now. We used to be able to just hold the fucker against the boards and have someone, you know, layers of support and have your skill guy, you know, for me, just say, Brooksy's on my line. You know, I, I set up a, a pin, pin the guy. Brooksy comes in, grabs the puck. We start the cycle. Here we go, you know, behind the net, you know, to the other side, out to the D, get to, you know, get in front of the net. And that's kind of how you created stuff where now it's, 
you know, you don't even see fucking pins. I mean, you're not allowed to do any of that shit, you know? And, and see, that Connor McDavid... very different. Connor McDavid fought in junior when he was with Erie and he broke his hand. Then he's out for three months. That, that's a that's profit loss if you look at a junior team. I know it says NHL compared to junior, but you don't want... Those star guys aren't there to fight. Okay, Connor McDavid dropping the gloves. If you... If, if he does it with another star guy, maybe it's like made for good media, but really that's not why uh, they're in the lineup. But overall, the way the game used to be and is now, it almost seems like, sure, the speed's more exciting now, the goals, you see a lot of the talent. I think overall, the excitement was back in the early thousands, late thousands even, uh, and even the late 90s. It was just a complete different game, and which is fine because there is evolution in the world, but overall... Uh, I just hope they don't take out the fights and the physicality part because now they're already teaching youth to hit later. Like you got body contact doesn't start till peewee, okay? And you're you're already in your teens, okay? You're gonna have these kids that are young come up and hit and come and hit people on the boards. They're not gonna know how to do it right when they're entering bantam midget. You learn at a young age, so you're able to learn and be able to defend yourself. That's what people are missing. But overall, I'm kind of going off the rails here, if you will. I'm not saying on the train or on the rails like Trevor Gillies will, uh, but <laughs> nonetheless, you still have. A game that's changed, it's exciting, but they still shouldn't take out the part that brings the nostalgia, the history in today's game. So I couldn't agree more with everyone's points. But we're going to get into, uh, I know we've went into an hour and 20 minutes-ish right now, which is totally fine, but we'll keep it moving with uh, the Russia, the, ta- the Russia tales, if you will, and the overseas tales uh, about what you I know you had a lot to bring up there, so I'll let you uh, lead us off, Trev, actually. I'll let you bring up what you want to bring up about overseas. All right. Well, um, you know, after I knew I was done in the NHL, um, I, I received, I went back down to the minors. So I got sent down. It was 2012. Um, went down to Bridgeport. Um, we had a good squad. Um, I had a, a phenomenal fight with who's now a buddy of mine. Very tough, tough guy in Justin Johnson. He's a, an ex Islander alum. And the Islanders do a really good job of having the alumni every year now. So now that I'm retired, I go enjoy all the Hall of Famers and guys I played with. And it's just a first class weekend, tons of nice meals and, and different things to do and go to the game, sit in the box. And it's, it's phenomenal to be, become a good buddy with him. But I had a great fight with him. And then um, later in the game, I knocked myself out. I went out of D-man and was flying and he seen me at the last minute and kind of ducked smashed my head against the board so kind of battled that concussion all year and um didn't really you know i, I recovered but it took a long time they kind of had up as i said punches aren't vitamins so you know with with talking to yablonski who's one of my very best friends i was his best man he's one of my groomsmen one of my best men and uh you know he's telling me all about russia and how awesome it is and how awesome the family um that owned the team they don't own it anymore, but the old owners of Chekhov Vitez, I want to make that clear. The old owners uh, are phenomenal. Um, there's a lot of tales of guys coming out on these podcasts talking crap about Russia. My experience in Russia, I got to live with my best friend. I got to make eat, eat with him every day. He's a phenomenal cook. Um, I got to travel the world. We go to Prague, Czech Republic, Bratislava, Slovakia, where Chara's from, Riga, Latvia, which is where Ivan's is from, who I fought. Phenomenal place. It's beautiful. You know, we're going to Kiev, Ukraine, um, you know, by Japan. I mean, we're all over the world. It was phenomenal. Such good hockey. Um, I don't mind saying this. The game over there is more skilled than the NHL. And I feel like I've played in both. Playing against Magnetodorst, um, they got Melkin. They got this other guy, Mosaic. Mosaic or something like that. This guy should have played in the NHL. I mean, he's an absolute stud. He lights that league up every year. Um, 
I mean, it was like a track meet. When I was out there, I was like, it was the one time in my career I was like, holy fuck, I got to get off the ice. These <laughs> I was against these guys. It was insanity. I mean, they're snapping the biscuit around like it's it's like nothing I've ever seen. Um, that league is so talented. And I got to play for an unbelievable family that I'm close with to this day. I still talk to um, the owner's son all the time. Um, shout out to Sasha Pavlinov, phenomenal, phenomenal family. He just had a baby boy. Congratulations. Um, absolutely love my time there. I got treated. I got treated phenomenal now in North America on most places, especially in the NHL of the Islanders. But the best I've ever been treated like royalty was by the Pavlinov family playing for Chekhov Vitez in the KHL. And uh, I want to make that very clear. I truly had a blast living with my best friend um, and traveling the world. Um, and then I went to Finland, and that's an awesome country. People speak English very well. Um, it was a beautiful place in Helsinki. Got to go to Germany and see the concentration camps, which was very wild. Um, wow. Playing in the European Trophy against um, Ingolstadt and Mannheim. Um, Brooksy knows all about those um those European um, trophy game tournaments. Uh, it was awesome. I love my time in Europe. Uh, I'm fortunate I had the opportunity with my skill set. Um, you know, my owner loves fighting, um, loves tough guys. He loves North American style hockey. And, um, you know, it was a blast. Um, it was, I truly, I truly enjoyed it. And I wish it, I wish it could have played there a little longer, but um, I plan on going back to visit. I absolutely love Chekhov and, and love all my Russian and European fans. So big shout out to all of them. So you definitely. I'm over- so glad you were. Yeah. So no, sorry, Dave. But I was just gonna say, like, I'm so glad you got to enjoy it because I've heard a lot of the opposite, right? Like people happen, and I'm so glad you got to enjoy Russia like that because you know it's it's kind of crazy with some of the stuff because you hear stories of guys not getting paid. I know you got all your money. I know that was. Yes, I issue. did. I did. And, I got. Uh, I got looked after great. And uh, but, I, you know, you have those stories that people talk about that are true in some of the places. And uh, it's just great to hear that you had that experience in Russia, you know, because it's 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 few and far between, I would say, for a North American to to speak like that about that about that league sometimes. You know, and another thing that a lot of guys that go over there, you know, let's be honest. I mean, it's a totally different country and, and world. And I loved it. I embraced it. Um you know, if you're a North American and you're thinking of going to Europe, I truly suggest that you, you know, <laughs> kind of, you know, do their customs. I mean, in Russia, uh, when you go into I'm always kind of one of the first guys at the rink. But, you know, the odd time you'd have, you know, I'm a rink rat. I love it. I stay in the gym. I go to the gym. I just loved it. So, you know, when you go into the rink and there's guys sitting in their stall, like you know, the Russians, you know, it's it's a custom to go around and say, Dobra utra. You stick out your hand, shake their hand, look them in the eye. Dobra utra. That means good morning. And if you're really close to the guy, you'd be like, Dobra utra, moi drug. That means like, or drug, whatever it is. I'm not perfect at Russian, but that's pretty much like, good morning, my friend. And you go around the whole room. I mean, we, three of the five imports on our team um, would go around and totally adopted the Russian customs. Same with when you go in for a meal. Um, there's certain things you do. Um, you know, there's, there's lots of different customs that they have. And also, you know, some guys speak good English, some do not. So they take, you know, (laughs) everyone has pride. I mean, so swallow your pride and try to learn a little bit of Russian. I mean, even if it's, if you, even if it's broken, like you're not 
full sentences, at least you're trying to communicate. So, you know, Yabo had been there a full year, so he would teach me some things and, you know, like being able to order some food at a restaurant. Yeah, they might, you might sound like a retard, but they don't speak any English. So, you know, I'd be like, that means like four chickens. It's basic. But then being able to say, it means thank you very much. Like that little stuff goes a long way with, you know, your teammates. Another thing over there is when it's your birthday, you're the one that you're supposed to buy the birthday cake. Yeah, so absolutely. like there's just a bunch of different customs that I just thought were so cool. I mean, it's um, you know, I just fully embraced it, man. Like I, I loved it. Um, it was so awesome. And, yeah. um, you know, most of the people I got all my money. I mean, there was boss has a village. I'm not going to get all into it, um, but it's like incredible. It's the most beautiful place I've ever been in my life. You know, there's racehorses and all kinds of cool stuff. And there's a banya, which means it's a Russian sauna. And for anyone who hasn't experienced a Russian sauna, you need to you need to go find one in New York or wherever you're at. Um, you literally go in there all beat up. And after you're done doing the full treatment, you know, look it up online if you if you don't believe me. It's the hottest sauna ever. You either go in the snow or into the river after all the way to your neck. And then you go into a hot tub and then you go back and forth and and after you feel like you're 20 years old again. I mean, it's just so many cool experiences. And especially with, you know, as like Brooksy, one of my very best friends on the planet. Um, man, I wish I could have stayed over there a while. Um, you know, besides the money, obviously the money was great, but just so cool. Like, you know, you're playing in so many different countries. It was, it was truly uh, an honor to play for such a great family and, and a true blessing. Yeah, playing over in Europe, and that's part of the reason when I went over, you know, I had a few opportunities to come back because I had, a, you know, quite a few good years there in Switzerland, which is, a, you know, I wouldn't say phenomenal, as, one uh, of the best leagues. Yeah, one of the best. Yeah, and it's a tough one to get into. But, uh, you know, it, uh, you know, having opportunities to come back, I was like, I don't want to go back. You know what I mean? Because once you get over there, like you said, Trevor, it is amazing. You know, they it's give you a cool. place to live. They pay your taxes. They give you a car, a free car, a brand new yep, one. Yeah, free house. I mean, it's phenomenal. Yeah, and uh, it was great, and it was a great experience. And I spent uh, 12 years over there, and it, it was the best thing I did too as well. And I'm glad that you had a great experience uh, also there, Gills. Yeah, I absolutely loved it, brother. Good time, good talent out of the Russia and the European side too. A lot of things. Oh, we said that. stupid. The talent over there is what's being brought over here. Look at the guys – like I'm, I like to bring up Miguel Grigorenko. Okay, there's one guy who has played North American hockey in junior, gets drafted into the National Hockey League, goes over back over to the KHL into Russia. Now he's re-signed in the National Hockey League with the Columbus Blue Jackets, right? And there's a lot of the Ilya Mikheyev, the soup man, if you will, which I guess there's two soup men on the Toronto Maple Leafs, going to consider Jack Campbell in there. But you've got these Russian players that are starting to get attractive to a lot of the scouts in the National Hockey League, getting the attention because – they truly are elevating to today's game. That is what's wanted by scouts. And overall, it doesn't matter where you play. But the NHL is obviously everyone's dream, right? That's where you have that dream of winning the Stanley. You have that dream of play, being able to play with your childhood hero or being able to play with the big names on the market. But if you don't play in the NHL and you go overseas, I think this could sit an example right there. People have had bad experiences overseas. But there's truly nothing but positive overall the world hockey that can occur just by even playing and experiencing that, especially overseas. No, I, I couldn't agree more. That's very well said, Dave. Um, you know, like on our team, we had 
Danny Markoff, you know, he's an old legend. The guy was, he was, the, he was still smoking. You know, they had a smoking section for him in every, in every locker room he went on the road. Like whether it was the shower, the guy's an absolute legend warrior, workhorse. You know, we had Artemi Panarin. I mean, we just, the team, the guy's a stud. I mean, I mean, <laughs> there's just so many talented Russians. I mean, there's so many guys that are over there that just don't want to leave home. They're making great money. They're, it's the Russian NHL. I mean, it's the second best league in the world. Um, it's yeah. phenomenal. It's a great league. Um, but so many of them could come over and just be absolute forces in the NHL. Um, and that's just the truth. Here's a funny story. So I'm playing one game and we're at home and there's some, I'm not going to name the kid's name, great kid. Um, but he's on my line. We're on the fourth line, obviously. And, um, you know, and about four lines grinding up and chase. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, when the game's on the line, who hits the twine? Fourth line. When there's yeah. a brawl, who gets the call? Fourth line. You know the deal. <laughs> so anyway, I, I dumped the puck in, right? Like North American style. That's what the boss wanted. He said, I want Gilly's NHL, you know, mustache. And he's like, hit, 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 fight, fight, fight. You know, like, you know, obviously I didn't fight unless it was tough guys. I mean, um, you know, that's just how it is. And, you know, but. You know, I dump the puck in and I get back to the bench and the guy can't speak very good English. And he goes, Gillies, Gillies, no, no chip, no chip. You know, and I'm like, I literally looked at him and I, I pointed up to the box. There's a private box in the arena where boss is and all and all the guys, um, you know. Um, and so I say, boss, say chip, 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 skate, 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 hit, hit, hit. I'm like, I, I'm going, you know, pretty much like I'm going to play my game. Um you know, but they don't, they don't do that. I mean, you, one thing Brooksy can attest to is, you know, instead of dumping it in and going to hunt and get a hit and creating a stall like the North American old school game, I mean, they like cycle back. It's like a wave. It's almost like, um, what's that movie back in the day where they do like the, the Mighty Ducks movie. You remember that movie? Dude. They do the flying V. Well, they like, they, they cycle back and keep the puck and, I mean, it was just really cool. Um, you know, so many different drills and practice, you know, that were like really skill development where over here, we're all about like the team, the team system, you know, you know, yeah, obviously you're working on your skills a lot. There's a skills coach in the NHL. Most guys are already so talented. Like I used our guy every day. Um, Bernie Cassell, I went out with him every day doing edge work, different stuff, you know, um, phenomenal guy. And I owe a lot to him because he helped me tremendously to stay there. But I, I put the time in before practice, after practices. Um, but over there, man, they're talented. I mean, they could be juggling the puck up the ice on their stick, bat it down, do a spin around at the blue line. I mean, people need to like <laughs> the Europeans, man, they got some talent. And obviously, so, you know, Canada and U.S. are, are powerhouses in hockey as well. But, you know, the Swedes, the Finns, Switzerland. I mean, there's some very talented hockey players in this world um, that just like being at home and, you know, they're making good money at home. These guys can play in the NHL. Um, you know, there are some studs not playing in the NHL and people need to realize that this is a worldwide game and there's a lot of talent out there. Well, the thing is they're playing in their hometown, making great money. So they got all their family. You're playing half the games and, uh, you do get like vacation time during the season, which does not happen. Let's talk about that. How amazing were those breaks, Brooksy? Amazing. The Olympic break. Exactly. You get rejuvenated and you feel oh, great. You feel right to rock. Yeah. Right. And that's yeah. something that. It's like healthier. That's in- too. 
Oh, it's it's incredible. I mean, you know, most of the leagues, the better leagues in Europe, you're you're flying around. I mean, KHL, you're in an airplane all the time. Um, you know, it's just like the NHL. I mean, the NHL is so much easier on the body than playing in the East Coast League, which is Double A, or or in the HL, which is Triple A. I mean, a guy that carves out a long career in the minors has a lot more hard miles on him. I don't care if you're a bottom line player, third or fourth liner. I mean, you're not eating as good of food, you know, in the NHL and the KHL, you're eating great food, you know, whether it's filet mignon, lobster, I mean, you just, you got sushi on the planes in the NHL. I mean, like, it's incredible. Like, you got full on masseuses. I mean, people need to realize if you carve out a long career in the minors, you're a damn warrior because it's so different. The amount of stuff, the Norma techs, you know, those guns now they got, the Thera guns. I mean, the amount of things that these guys have you know, you could feel so much better out there than just like you're always damn sore back in the day, huh, Brooksy? Oh my God, absolutely. You know, I'm playing a three and three in the AHL back. Well, really, three and two and a half days in the AHL. You might play four games in five days in the AHL back in the day. I mean, and you literally you feel like up. you just got ran over by a Mack truck. I know. I remember one year because of getting called up. I played. Uh, I think it was like 13 games in 18 days. It's insane. Something crazy. Holy fuck. <laughs> it's insane. Especially a guy like you that was playing first line. You know, it's like wild. <laughs> I mean, me, I mean, I would be sore just from running into the wall and banging guys around. And I played in a fraction of the minutes you played. But to get back to the um, breaks in Europe, I mean, that was so cool. Like um, our good buddy, Josh Hennessy and um, his wife, phenomenal, phenomenal people. And then Sharston and Jeremy Yablonski and then my wife, Mrs. Gills. And, we took one of those breaks and went to Moscow and just did it up, went to Nobu. I mean, it's the most expensive dinner I've ever been a part of in my life, even in the NHL. I mean, it's like super expensive in Moscow, but just did it up and had a great time with the girls and then went back to Chekhov and got to go to the village in the Banya and, um, you know, with the, with the family. And um, it was just awesome. I mean, like you said, you know, after those little breaks, you just feel totally rejuvenated and, and you know, ready to, ready to grind on the second half. Um, no, nah, man, it was cool, and I'm, that's amazing. You had such a good good experience as well, brother, over there. And obviously, uh, you know, um, if it was nowadays, I'd be watching you on TV, big boy. <laughs> yes. Going around, poking it around Big D, man, and freaking going to score with his arms up and celebrating, right? He gets his head clocked. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, there's no <laughs> more head clocking. Definitely taking a slap shot. Definitely taking a slap shot. Slap shot top of the circle, and sure. <laughs> See, Brooks, hey, you should have seen you should have seen Brooksy play roller hockey. It wasn't even fair. <laughs> the guy's like fucking wheeling, dude. I bet. Just wheeling. He's still wheeling, and uh, you know what? I'm not saying 41, 42 is old. I know Trevor here, and that's not old whatsoever. But be able to still wheel the way he does, he wheels like the 25 year old. <laughs> I haven't skated. I haven't skated with my full gear on since my last game, which was on my birthday. Uh, shit over well over two seasons ago so two seasons have passed but well on, my, on january 30th i suffered a concussion my birthday i su- suffered a concussion blowing a guy up on the atlanta team and just you know after you know obviously miss suckers phenomenal lady she's um the richest person in all of south carolina but a huge philanthropist and just a phenomenal family that i got to play for in charleston for the stingrays a great organization we were a stud team 
I was the old gray mare, but played with a bunch of young Ferraris. I was the old muscle car still beating it around out there, kind of like the 66 Bel Air I drive. And, you know, we went to the finals one year, the semis one year, but just, you know, literally got treated kind of like how we did in junior Brooksy with uh, Scott Abbott and Caledon, like we were NHL, you know, and um, we literally got treated like we were NHL in Charleston. And yeah, it was just a phenomenal ride. I mean, long story short, I'm kind of blabbling, but, you know, these are stuff, you know, when you get out of the game, you don't so much miss the, the bag skates and certain stuff like some of the politics, you know, you miss some of that adversity with the boys and travel, you know, the schnarples games, all the great dinners with wine on days off, you know, it's just, uh, it's just such a brotherhood and it's, it's really hard to explain for, for people who haven't lived it. Um, you know, these guys become your family, whether it's just for one season or not. Um, you know, just, just what a ride. I'm just very fortunate that I got to do it for so long. Yeah, see, and that's the treat of it all. 19 years, career professional. You're a job amidst kicking ass, taking names, and you can check out Trevor Gillis' fight at HockeyFights.com. I've watched a few. I've more than watched a few, and I know I'm going to watch more because you absolutely kick some ass and had some good tillies, so you got to check out all those. Now, fellas, uh, I'm going to get to the more of our conclusion point. It's been the game sports show. Dave McKay, Brendan Brooks are our special guest. Trevor Gillies, a wild man, the guy who doesn't go off the rails at all. He stays on the rails. He is a, the guilt train. Anything you want to call him, just don't call him late. <laughs> just don't call him late for dinner. And if you do have him over dinner, it's a coffee and an upper decker. You know what I'm saying? That's where you got to go. But uh, my, I'm gonna- my wife brought my dinner up to me. It's a, it's in tinfoil on a, on a serving tray. I'm at my, I'm in my office at my desk. The Southern Bell. She's the that best, buddy. I got blessed. Oh, by the yeah. way, Brooksy, she said us to give a big hello to you. So did my daughter and yeah, son. Absolutely. Awesome. See, like, yeah, I I'll, miss them all. See, and I wanted to say this here, Trev. I know that we're not currently in studio. This summer we have a lot of different plans for more interviews. We'd love to have you on for part two because obviously we could sit here for another hour because I know Brooksy and I – uh, we're texting back and forth because we're planning on what story for Brooksy to bring up. And I just told him, and we were just talking, we're going to save a couple for the next show that we're going to have. And I could give you guys material for years. I mean, there's a <laughs> lot of stuff that happened in uh, four years junior and 19 years pro. So, uh, yeah, I'd be honored to come on anytime you guys want. And the next time we have it on, we'll have it where we're actually showing our faces. That is a promise, too. So hopefully yeah. this summer we can work something out to have you on for a part two uh, but either way, on uh, behalf of myself, it was a pleasure to actually meet you uh, through the phone. Uh, hopefully sometime soon we can meet via face audio or video audio, whatever you want to call it. And I want to say thank you for coming on the show. Oh, my pleasure, Dave. I appreciate it. And Brooksy, you're a beauty, buddy. I miss you. Love you. Yeah, I miss you too, pal. Oh, see, and I, I like that. That's bro, That's bromance right there. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah, it's total bromance. <laughs> Love that's that. A lot of years. That's a lot of years. A lot of years. 15 to 41, eh, champ? I see. That's, that's right, buddy. Let's keep them going. There you go. You know what, baby? I'm going to rock till I drop, big boy. <laughs> I remember, the sun, doesn't, the sun doesn't set on two cool-ass motherfuckers. As long as the sun's <laughs> setting or even the moon's out, party until I can't no more, right? That's the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have more like i said as i just mentioned i'll say it again we'll have trevor on again planning on this summer for part two don't hesitate to comment below on things if you want to try to trash talk trevor gillies go ahead even if you're paul bizanette you're listening oh for they'll be a, they'll be a, well, listen i'm glad you said that there'll be a ton of keyboard warriors coming out you know what they never played the game so uh-huh hey, you, you, you they come to the game to pay our salary so hey I could look myself in the mirror and know that every one of my teammates in the locker room love me, 
and I love them. And uh, hey, go beat it, you keyboard warriors. Get, get, get in the gym, you bums. Yeah, beat <laughs> Now, I hope that someone like Paul Bismack can come in and say that I lost to that guy in a fight. <laughs> I got all the respect for Paul Bismack. Um, good for him. I love spitting chick. Let's listen to him. I'm going to start listening to you boys all the time now, too. Honor being on. I love to everyone. Hope everyone stays uh, happy, healthy, and safe during this uh, corona thing we got going on. And, um, yeah, let's do the right thing. And hopefully this will be over soon so we can get back to some normalcy in our lives. Yeah, Frig, I miss this real-life interaction with people. Couldn't agree more. Brooksy, I gotta, I can't forget you, too. You know, you are you were here. You were talking. And obviously, if it wasn't for you, my friend, all of, our, all of our special guests, for the majority, we wouldn't have had. And obviously, I'm glad that you got us acquainted to a lot. And very pleasure to have you on the show every time. And thanks for coming on today, especially. Oh, no problem, man. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't miss this one for the world. So, uh, you know. It's not always easy getting a hold of uh, Trev, and I know he has a lot of people that want him to do interviews. So, uh, you know, on behalf of the Game Sports Show, man, we are so thankful to have you uh, come on today. My pleasure, and uh, all love and respect to you both, and uh, cheers to the, all all your fans. Yeah, I almost don't want – I almost saying goodbye. It's like I don't want to. I don't want to say goodbye so much, but there will be <laughs> – that we will talk about again this has been the game sports show special edition brought to you by compass imaging group and demansky office interiors make sure you check them out on social media and obviously through our broadcasting partner and partners espn espn 1400 sovereign communications and obviously through on tv through the game show.com and mainly powered by the game entertainment and media gem for short. I know we've had a bunch of gems on this broadcast. Special shout out to all of our additional sponsors on the game as well. North Spear Brewing Company, Sports Center Bar and Grill, North Shore Sports and Auto, Northern Quitters at Need, and Thrush Creative Co. If it wasn't for the listeners, the viewers, and for all the sponsors and everything that we've had, the show wouldn't be where it's at today. So thank you very much. Cannot stress that enough. And I'm also here to remind you that to make sure you check out our, our previous editions, and also keep it locked on the game so you're able to keep in the loop for our future special edition and all of our show uploads as we're going to keep you in the loop and obviously bring these great editions that we've had here today with Trevor Gillies. They're going to keep coming, keep flowing, and we're very excited to bring them to you. Don't hesitate to comment below or reach out to us via commenting below or on our website for any questions and or comments that we can assist you with. And if you want to chirp, go ahead because if there's any chirps directed towards Trevor, good luck. May may you rest in peace is what I'm going to go with. Uh, on, and I'm here to remind you to keep your stick on the ice, swing your bat, catch your touchdown, drain your threes, and shoot your shots. Booyah. Mm-hmm.